Welcome to another episode of Once Upon East 112. It is finally football season, and by football season, I mean games have started. Week one is in the books. Two of us are very disappointed and upset, but we are here. And by the other person, I mean Donatus Carroll. With me always, how are you doing today? Aaron, man, I'm doing I'm doing okay. I'm doing good, man. Uh, good from a life standpoint, not so good from a football-slash-fantasy football standpoint, but that's okay. <laughs> life isn't all about the Falcons and my fantasy football team. So uh, I guess I'm doing okay, man. I'm doing good, dude. How are you, man? How are you feeling? Oh, yeah, I, I was doing all right, and then you mentioned fantasy football, and I went 0-3 this weekend. In all three of my leagues, I lost. Um so feeling a little bit like the Browns today, but uh, <laughs> but no, I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. School has started back, uh, and for all of our listeners out there, I broke some big news this weekend. We are having a Browns child in my family, a future yeah. Cleveland Browns fan. Uh, the Avras are expecting a child. We don't know the gender, but we do know it'll be a Browns fan. It will be a Browns fan. Yeah. <laughs> So regardless how the weekend went, that was good. <laughs> yes, they will they will be disappointed for the rest of their life. But they will be a Browns fan. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. That's awesome, man. Oh. I know I've I've told you congratulations in person and then on Facebook, but again from our uh podcast family to you, man, we all say congratulations. We're excited for you on this new journey of life, man. We know that you're going to make an amazing father. Thank you, Donatus. The third time was the charm. That's yeah. You that know. one really got me. That one really got me. <laughs> Absolutely. But I do appreciate that. I do appreciate that. Um, all right. This week and how we are going to, and we, we would love to have some people um, if you want to reach out throughout the week of some big points that you saw during the season that you would like to have our opinion on. Um, but now that we're in the football season, we're going to go into breakdown recap mode. Uh, obviously, we're going to talk about the Browns, and we're going to talk about the Falcons, because that is what is represented here on Once Upon East 112. That's why you keep coming back, um, is to hear about the Browns and the Falcons. Uh, <laughs> but we're also going to talk about storylines that we noticed, anything that surprised us, um, any teams that we thought got off to an exceptional start. Uh, we're also going to talk about our early choices for MVP, uh, Offensive and Defensive Rookie of the Year, and Coach of the Year. Um, and maybe we might throw in, are there any coaches right off the bat that we think may be fired by the end of the season? Just based oh, off of nice. this one week of nice. football. Because you know how, you, if you've ever met a Browns fan, you know that all it takes is one week, and we're ready to, to tear it all down and start again. So after one week, what coaches are up for grabs? Um, all right, Don, if you want us to talk about the Falcons or the Browns first. Oh, uh, man, they were both super depressing, dude, I guess. I, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I guess I'll talk my Falcons first, I guess, man. All right. Falcons rise up. Uh, <laughs> Question mark? Uh, Falcons something. I don't know if we rose up at all. Man, it was just uh, – it was what you expected it to look like. You knew that the offense was going to <laughs> put up big numbers. You knew that the defense was not going to show up. That's exactly what happened, man. Um, I think we had, like, one good play on Russell Wilson, and then he just – 
cooked, man. He finished, um, I think, like 31 of 35 for 300 and something yards and four touchdowns. Um, I mean, he made us look, he made us look silly, man. And part of that is Russell Wilson is a top five quarterback in the NFL. The other part is the Falcons defense is just that bad, man. I was, um, I was really excited about Raheem Morris taking over, um, coming into this season. I thought, you know, a lot of our problems from last year were because of Dan Quinn calling plays. Um, and man, it just, it was a different coordinator, same result. And, uh, I've got a couple of friends who are Falcons fans. And, uh, now look, from a fantasy standpoint, I'm telling you right now, if you have any quarterback, you want to stream the quarterback playing the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Russell Wilson, in one league that I was playing, he got me like 30 something points. And so that was the league that I was kind of focusing on because I was, uh, facing my worship or worship pastor from church. And so I'm watching Russell Wilson and I'm like really excited about everything. And then halfway through the game, dude, I realized that in our league, the league that Aaron and I are in, I'm playing Russell Wilson from our, who our friend Cameron had. And he was just cooking me, man. And so uh, this week, if you don't have Dak Prescott, go ahead and pick him up, trade for him, whatever you got to do. He's facing the Atlanta Falcons. He's going to have a big game. Um, Man, there's no telling how many yards or points the Dallas Cowboys are going to put on the Atlanta Falcons this this week. So it's just it was just rough, man. Matt Ryan finished uh, 37 of 54 for 450 yards, two touchdowns, um, which is a great statistical game. But uh, even he, man, at times he just he Ryan looked like he was kind of slow, um, looked like he kind of struggled a little bit. I don't know how much of it was, um, you know, just having to adjust to everything with COVID and and how it affected everything. But then, you know, there were some teams like um, the Ravens <laughs> that uh, that looked like they didn't really miss a beat. And so um, I don't know, man, but I think we've got to figure something out defensively. Um, Todd Gurley looked okay. He had 14 carries for 56 yards. Uh, one touchdown, you know, uh, Dirk Cutter came out and said that he wanted to get the ball to, to Todd Gurley 15 to 25 times. And I thought, you know, Todd Gurley touches the ball 25 times. There's probably not a lot of games that we're going to lose. Um, he touched the ball 14 times, which is, is disappointing. Um, Todd Gurley needs to have probably about 15 to 20 carries a game with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, want to be able to force defenses to respect the run. Um, A.J. Terrell, who I was not high on, struggled. Uh, Tyler Lockett put work on him. I think A.J. <laughs> Terrell was also the person that got beat by D.K. Metcalf on that, on that one touchdown. Um, and that, this is nothing against Tyler Lockett, but we gotta play Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Michael Thomas, even Emmanuel Sanders, D.J. Moore, Curtis Samuel, um, who the majority of those those receivers are either as good as Tyler Lockett or better than Tyler Lockett. Um, Isaiah Oliver, our other corner, struggled. He got beat by DK Metcalf a few times. Um, you know, our our defensive line looked okay. Grady Jarrett always always turns up good. Um, Pat McKinley had had a, a few sacks. He may have just had the one. Um, so yeah, that was it, man. I mean, 
really not too much from from the Falcons' standpoint because what you thought was going to happen is exactly what happened. Um, it is disappointing that we only scored 25 points and we've got, you know, arguably one of the better offenses in the league. Um, now, Seattle has a really good defense, but um, if our defense is going to struggle, our offense has to be prepared to go toe-to-toe with, with these quarterbacks like Russell Wilson, uh, your Drew Brees, uh, Tom Brady, um, you know, some of those, some of those quarterbacks, we, Matt Ryan and our offense has to be ready to score 30 to 40 to 50 points a game. Um, cause that, that's the only way that we're going to win the majority of our games this year. So that's it for the Falcons, man. I, I don't, I well, and so I, I feel like, I feel like we had this, this conversation before because I know that, um, that you were, optimistic about the uh the new defense coordinator and i i feel like i remember mentioning that my biggest concern was because i and because i've seen it with the browns so many times is that the team really picks it up at the end of the season when there's change especially when there's change on someone they may potentially believe in at that given moment um and then the next season i mean you can i.e for example you can look at freddie kitchens last year and then all of a sudden now they're the full-time person. There's no longer any, like, we got to prove ourselves hype. It's just the beginning of the regular season. And then that's when you really see that you're not really made of much um, <laughs> and that you're going to struggle. And so, um, you know, I, I know the score. I, I was kind of surprised when I flipped, on, flipped over after the Browns game with how close, how I mean, it wasn't that close, but how <laughs> close the score was compared to when I was following it during the regular game. I mean, it was like, yeah. what was it like? I mean, it, y- y'all were down bit. Let me pull up the, the box score. Uh, yeah. Y'all were down 28 to 11 at the end of the third. And so I was like, ooh, they're yeah. getting they're getting whooped. And then the Browns game ended, and I slipped on over. And it was, a, you know, a 13-point game. Um, but I feel like a lot of that, it, it's hard to take account for a lot of that with a a really good team because once you get that nice, you know, 20-point lead or whatever, you kind of start letting your guards down. Um, what, ha- what I kind of expected this to happen, I know the – mainly because I know, and we're gonna, the same could be said for our next game we're going to talk about, we know how good the Seahawks are. Um, yeah. we, <laughs> we see that Russell Wilson didn't skip a beat. Um, we yeah. see that he has learned to fully connect with DK Metcalf, like their reaching potential. Uh, Tyler Lockett, we know he'll, both of them, um, are like essentially the same person. They, they are on the same mind, mind wave. And then Greg yeah. Olson's out there getting, getting a touchdown as well. Um, yeah. so, um, I guess I wasn't too surprised. I was interested to hear how, how Todd Gurley did, um, you know, I didn't watch too much of this game because it did happen at the exact same time as, as my Browns game. Um, right. I saw Matt Ryan's stats, and I was like, well, those are, those are pretty good stats. But then you look and see that as a team, they only ran the ball 21 times. I'm like, well, no reason, no, yeah. no wonder why Matt, Ru- yeah. Matt Ryan threw it 54 times. Um, yeah. Because you're not giving them any, any run breaks. Um, I don't know if you saw uh, in an interview that Jamal Adams did, I think it was after the game, that he he threw a shot at the Jets when he he said he wasn't used to a team scoring thirty eight points. 
Uh, his <laughs> offense scoring 38 <laughs> points. So, <laughs> yeah, so threw a nice jab out to the uh, the uh, the Jets, who we aren't going to really talk about today because, well, they were supposed to lose and they did. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, he, he threw a nice little parting shot at them and, and said, you know, I'm not used to, to winning games, essentially. Um, but I, yeah, I, I do wonder what oh, – go ahead. No, I was just going to say, man, we're going to have to – to your point about us running the ball, we ran the ball 21 times for 72 yards, and that's a Dirk Cutter thing, and we're going to have to run the ball whether we like it or not. You know, like, we're going to have to force ourselves to run the ball because as you run the ball, like, you open up that pass game. Um, so Cutter, he's going to have to figure it out, man. He, he's got Todd Gurley who, even though he's not what he was two years ago, He's still a, easily a top fifteen, if not top ten, running back, and you've got to you've got to run the ball, man. So I, I agree, especially if um, even though Matt Ryan did throw for four hundred and fifty yards, I feel like if they right. run more, their pass game could be even more electric. Um, yep. Julio Jones, you know, got very active in the game, one hundred fifty-seven yep. yards. Um, who does the Falcons have next? Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. Oh yeah, you said that. Oh well. Yeah. I mean, there's no uh, fans, but still, dude. <laughs> it's yeah, but I'm I'm thinking about the Dallas Cowboys that uh that uh played against the Rams. That's true. Uh, uh, two nights ago, and it's like a rebuilt Rams team. So yeah, you never <laughs> you never know. Um, yeah. I'm interested to see if what's his name, um, uh, McCarthy, if he actually pans out there. Because I saw a lot of memes pop up that had different teams, same coach. Um, <laughs> that, that he was just as disappointing in the first game as he was every time with the Packers except for that Super Bowl win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so now. Let's talk your Browns. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So let me let me tell you this, man. I was so disappointed on Sunday watching this game. There were so many points where, like, it shouldn't have been this bad. So first, we're down by 10 points, and we score a touchdown uh, uh, to David Njoku, who ended up getting hurt and is on the IR again. This happened with the first game last year. Um he scored our first touchdown, and then I knew that everything was going to go south when Austin Seibert steps up to the to kick our extra point, and it hits immediately off the upright. <laughs> um, I mean, I I was sitting there, I was I was happy about our touchdown. I'm holding my phone. I think I was I was going to text. It was either you. Or I was going to. I, I don't know what I was going to do. My phone. But I look down. I look up. He he hits it off the. Um, off the upright, and I just toss my phone on the ground in annoyance because, of course, we can't have nice things. Um, and then, and then there was a time later on in the game where we're like we're trying to drive at the end of the second quarter. Um, we have this chance to, if anything, potentially get a field goal, maybe get a touchdown. Worst case scenario, we get nothing, and we go into the half down. Um, down 17 to 6. That's worst case what I thought was worst case scenario. <laughs> well, we hit a third and two 
Baker hits OBJ right in the hands on the first oh, down. Man. He drops it. It becomes mm. fourth and two. We punt it. And then they, and we put it on the one yard line. I think this was that drive. And they drive all the way down the field to score a touchdown to go into the half. Um, so we go into halftime down 24 mm. to six. Before yeah. that, before that, we had, I mean, I'm going all out of order here, but here's all of my irritating things that happened. It was like <laughs> watching a Freddy Kitchens game, man. I'm not even going to lie. Um, not only that, we are on our own 31 at one point. It is like fourth and seven, and we go for a fake punt that turns into our punter fumbling it when he gets hit, mm. and we turn it over on our own 31. Um, I think all they got out of that was a field goal, but still on our own 31. Yeah. All right? Our defense was atrocious. Um, our, our DBs couldn't stop anything. I learned that Lamar Jackson – Definitely knows how to throw the ball. He went 20 for 25 um, for 275 yards and three touchdowns. Um, yeah, the man can throw, um, by the way. They only got 107 yards rushing on us. One of the, the, the number, I think they're the number one rushing offense last year. Only 107 yep. yards, but Lamar hit us for 270, uh, 275 in the air, um, not yeah. counting the sack and three touchdowns. I mean, Lamar was clicking on all cylinders. He was hitting all of his men. Um, there was no issues passing the ball. Uh, our safety help is dire. That An- uh, Andrew Sendejo, the, the, the kid from Minnesota, trash. Yep. I mean, he was doing everything wrong. Um, we, had, we had three fumbles and gave two of them away. Nick Chubb fumbled it. Um, when we were getting close to the red zone, at what, or no, maybe it was the 50-yard line, but he fumbled it, which was a surprise. Um, yeah. We abandoned the run game somewhere in the middle of the game. Uh, we were down, and so we just turned to passing the ball. Chubb only had 10 carries for 60 yards. Uh, Hunt had 13 carries for 72 yards. Based on those numbers, our run game was doing pretty good, but because we were behind, we just started passing it and completely ditched our identity as a run team. Um, God, what else? Uh, OBJ, like, Baker didn't look good, but I don't think he was as bad as people are portraying it out to be. Um, he had one interception, it was off a deflected pass by, Cla- by Calais Campbell. Um, he only threw for 189 yards. But the first half of the game, Baker was doing really good passing the ball. He 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 was a little more. He had some some balls that were batted down, uh, some balls that were tipped. But he was like connecting with receivers. He got in with a lot of our no our no name receivers early, like Kadero Hodge. Um, Landry was connecting with him. We weren't really working OBJ into it that much, but everything was going smoothly. It wasn't until the second half that we began forcing, like, every passing play to OBJ, um, and it never turned into anything. Um, either OBJ wasn't open or it was a penalty, which I was thankful for the penalties because, you know, it gives us yards, or it was just uh, OBJ dropped it. OBJ stepped out of bounds and then came back in to catch the ball, um, and that was ruled incomplete because you can't do that. Um, it was <laughs> – I mean, OBJ and Baker, 
are not on the same page at all. They do not have chemistry. Um, there's nothing against OBJ. I, I think Baker can be our franchise quarterback. I think he had more success before we got OBJ that half season after Hugh Jackson was fired. I think is where we saw Baker at his most successful, and he didn't have any star receivers. Um, I guess you could argue that Landry is a star receiver, but he doesn't bring the magnitude of OBJ. Um, and then enter OBJ where we thought we were going to blow up once again. I know it's only game one. I know we played arguably one of the best teams in the league with one of the best yeah. secondaries in the league. Um, yeah. So it's not like we were playing scrubs. We were playing a great defense against a great team, but they just looked like they had no chemistry going. They could prove us wrong this coming week with the Bengals. I hope they do. I hope they light it up, even though I traded you OBJ in fantasy because I was so angry. Um, I hope that they figure it out. I need them to figure it out, or I need them to trade OBJ for a safety because what we have back there is not cutting it. Um, and then to add to it, I just this is just turning to this isn't even an organized ramble. This is just a ramble about all of my frustrations. <laughs> That happened on Sunday. <laughs> on top of that, we try and kick a field goal at one point, and Austin Seibert shanks it far right. And his day was so bad. He only missed two kicks, an extra point and a field goal. But it was so bad that the front office said, that's enough, and cut him yesterday, where he then got picked up by the Bengals today, who we play on Thursday. So I... I'm going to go ahead and – I've seen other Browns fans putting this into the universe, and I'm going to go ahead and put it in the universe as well because I fully expect it, that watch out for the Bengals to win on a last-minute field goal by Austin oh, Seibert. And it's not just going to be like a 30-yard chip from Austin Seibert. It's going to be like a 61-yard field goal that this kid who couldn't make one at all last week is going to beat us on. What a wait for it to happen. It's going to be a last-second 61-yard field goal from Austin Seibert, and if this happens, I am going to lose my mind, and then I'm also <laughs> going to call ESPN and say, go listen to my clip of what I said. Y'all need to hire me because I know what I'm talking about. Um, but that's just that's just Brown's luck. But, no, this whole week was, was trash. At one point, I only showed back up to the game when the Browns had the ball. I was, I was doing some, some chores instead. Uh, preparing our back room into a guest room, and then Brooke <laughs> with the air and the, the offense is on, and I'll come out and watch our pathetic offense, and then once we turned the ball over on downs or punted or whatever, I went back to the back because I couldn't stomach watching the defense against Lamar because, I mean, they just, oh, my goodness, they torched us. Um, and this happened last year. We got torched by the Titans in the first game. I want to give the fancy and the team the benefit of the doubt, it's the yeah. shortened week, or it's the shortened off season, COVID, not full time to really get to practice with each other. But then again, you saw other teams with new coaches, uh, or worse teams doing better than us. Um, so, I don't know. But once again, we played the Ravens. So it's, it's I mean, it's, it's, oh, oh. and calling by Harrison Bryant, we threw the ball to him twice. I mentioned last week about he's a fantasy sleeper. With David Joku going down, watch Harrison Bryant get involved more. Now, Joku had three catches for 50 yards and a touchdown. Um, only had three targets, so he caught all three of his passes. Uh, Hooper only had two targets, two catches for 15 yards. Uh, watch Harrison Bryant get involved more with, um, with the Joku going down. 
Um, Landry had a pretty good game, five catches, 61 yards. He he was reliable. Um, it's just we need to stick to the run. We we ditched it. We ditched Chubb at one point. Like we just stopped playing him. I don't know what happened. Um, like literally, they just stopped playing him. Um, and then like you could you can ask Brooke. There were several times where I was like, why is why is Hunt still out there? Chubb hadn't been out for a while now. Uh, he, didn't, he hadn't had a bad game. He fumbled it once, but that was it. Uh, and then our defense was trash, um, specifically our safeties, trash. Greedy Williams gets to come play this week, so maybe it'll get better. Um, but, yeah, that is, that, is, that is the shortened version of my rant of the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, man. Mm. Um. Uh, yeah. Anything I didn't clarify? Any, any follow-ups? Anything I didn't dissect well enough? <laughs> no questions, man. It's uh, I don't know, man. It's you held the leading rushing team from last year to a hundred. I mean, the Ravens they ran the ball thirty times for a hundred and seven yards. Um, and then you guys ran the ball twenty-seven times for a hundred and thirty-eight yards. Now, if you weren't to tell me, you know, well, I mean, you could tell me it was the Browns, but you said a team held the Baltimore Ravens to 107 yards, and that team rushed for 138 yards. Who do you think won? I would say that other team probably blew the Ravens out, and, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't know what happened. But I don't know, man. I mean, I think, you know, for for you guys, part of, you guys are you guys are banged up on, on defense. I think you were without um, Mac Wilson, Greedy Williams, uh, Obviously, Grant Delpit, um, Taki Taki, is that his name? Was he out too? I mean, you guys were missing, okay. Well, you guys were missing four to five, you know, key defensive players. Um, so I, I don't, I don't think that, that this is, um, this is a sign of, of things to come. I think, like you said, man, you played the best team in, in the, in the league. Um, you know, the Ravens are a Super Bowl favorite for a bunch of people. You played them at home. Um, the, you, um, the Ravens have continuity from last year. You, you're, you have a new head coach. You're installing a new offense. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think that the rest of your season is going to look like this. Um, I'll say this, man. I texted you about this, and I told somebody else about this today. Um, I saw where where uh, OBJ said something about how he would like to be involved earlier in the game, and I thought, dude, you had ten targets, caught <laughs> three of them, and had twenty two receiving yards. Like you had ten thinking targets, man. Like you could put me out there, throw the ball to me 10 times and I would catch it three out of those 10 times. Like, come on, bro. What do you mean you would like to get involved earlier? Um, well, he and to be fair to that statement, uh, we didn't throw it to him at all in the beginning. And I wondered why. And I was sitting there and I was like, why aren't we throwing? Like, Cadillo Hodge got like four passes before Landry or OBJ were targeted. And I was like, where are the people we're paying millions of dollars to? Where are they at? Um, yeah. <laughs> so, to, to be fair to him, no, he was not involved early. But when he was involved, we got nothing out of it. <laughs> yeah, right. So, 
the good news is you're playing the Bengals on Thursday, um, which I don't know. The Bengals look decent against the Chargers, um, but you should you should be able to to stack up your first win against the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals this uh, this week this Thursday. Well, and for me, I do wonder because I didn't watch that game either because. I was watching the Browns game. But I do wonder, like, I know the Chargers have a good defense, but the Chargers have a really bad offense. So, right. to right. me, you just have to, like, it couldn't get ran away with because they don't have a good enough offense to get run by. Um, yeah. So therefore, the Bengals oh, – whoa. Oh, man, what was that? The uh I wouldn't go cough and try talking at the same time. All right. The Bengals may have only lost by three, but I do wonder how much of that was the Chargers offense just being bad. Um right. I hope I hope I hope that is the case and that on Thursday night we don't learn that the Bengals are real and they beat us. Because I don't think we can stomach an O and two start with the Bengals being one of those losses. Um no. with how bad they were. Um, I do, to, to credit your point, um, our defense did take care of the run. That, that was something the Browns did a great job at in the game to the point where it almost looked like that's all we prepared for. Uh, and so when Lamar Jackson started throwing 45 yard bombs and completing them, I think everyone was surprised. I mean, for real, like 45 yard beautiful dimes. And it's like, where did Lamar Learn how to throw the ball. Who taught him that? Because um, because the evolution of Lamar Jackson is he's just a a running back at quarterback to now all of a sudden he's dropping dimes on teams and I'm like okay they they actually developed him because I I remember when we talked way back two years ago I thought his success his rookie year was going to be a fluke because I didn't believe that the Ravens developed quarterbacks because because Flacco never got better. He was right. only ever as good as he was when he entered the league, which was pretty good, but then you figure him out and it's not good anymore. Um, yeah. So whoever is their QB coach has has spent time developing Lamar Jackson, and it has paid off, I tell you that. Um, so watch out for the Ravens. Not even not going to lie. They are going to be our, <laughs> our sneak pick for, like, actually giving the Chiefs um, more than they can handle, I think. Uh, and yeah. guys, I'm going to go ahead and, and edit what I said in our, our AFC North and say that they're definitely going over. I think I gave them an under because it's hard to match what you did before. No, they're going over. They may actually go 16 and 0. They were that good. <laughs> they were that good. Um, breaking news, the Ravens are for real. The, Aaron and, well, until they get to the playoffs and then yeah, we'll see if Lamar true, can play true. then because for two straight years, Lamar can't play in the playoffs. Um, all right, enough about our homer teams and how terrible both of them are. Um, let's focus in on some of our takeaways that we noticed this um, this past Sunday. Uh, what are some things that surprised us? What are some things that uh, that maybe disappointed us? Um, I'll start us off. I'm going to throw this out there. Um, that the Jaguars, the Washington football team, and the Bears yeah. all came away with a W 
this yeah. weekend. They're ones that I definitely wrote off. I've heard all the hype about the Lions this offseason. Um, and Mitchell Trubisky, of all people, comes in and throws a 27-yard go-ahead touchdown pass to beat the Lions. Uh, the Washington football team putting up 27 straight to beat the Eagles. And mm. the Jaguars, um, it was behind Gardner Minshew, um, go play the Colts, who I believe, if I'm correct, I had going 11-5 and this season with Phillip Rivers because I thought he was a much better quarterback than Jacoby Brissett. And the Jaguars, who are in tank mode, get a victory in week one and stunned, let's be real, everyone. Uh, what are your thoughts on some of those some of those games? Which one of those three, I guess, surprises you the most? Yeah, man, um, that's funny because that was actually one of my takeaways, too, was how how good those three teams – I say good – the, the Washington and and Jacksonville, Jacksonville more so than Washington. Jacksonville actually looked like a decent team, man. Um, I was surprised by both by all three of them. But like, let's be honest: if DeAndre Swift knew how to catch the football, we wouldn't be talking about the the Chicago Bears right now. True, um, true. Which somehow Trubisky. Trubisky looked like a like an actual quarterback, I guess. I didn't watch the game, but looking at his stats, man, he was twenty of thirty six for two hundred and fourteen yards and three touchdowns. Um which is not not terrible. Not 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 bad. It's better than he's been. Um so I just the thing about the the Bears, they've already got a third of as many wins as we have them marked for this season. <laughs> So, um, there's still we'll time. See. There's still time for them yeah. to lose all, all the other ones. <laughs> long, that's right. It's a long season, so uh, we'll see. We'll see if they if they win more than three games or not. Um, I guess to answer your question, man, the one that really surprised me was the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, that's just because, like you said, Gardner Minshew looked pretty good. Um, I thought, you know, that last year um, that there was kind of a lot of hype maybe surrounding Gardner Minshew. Um, but he came out and played played pretty well, played really well actually. Um, 19 of 20, 173 yards, three touchdowns. Um, he looks like he's that quarterback that he's going to do exactly what what you ask him to do. He's not going to try to do too much. He's not going to try to try to take over the game or to to win the game by himself. Um, he knows what he's asked to do and he and he knows how to do it. So I think. Um, not this year, but I think if they can build a team around Gardner Minshew, um, Jacksonville could end up being pretty pr- pretty good in years to come. Now they've got to they've got to figure out their defense and they've got to figure out a running game now. Um, but I think you know four to five years from now, if uh, if Gardner Minshew is still playing for them, I think I think they could be a pretty decent team. Um, Washington, man, that game I don't know if that was good, Washington. Or bad Eagles, like like you said, the Eagles got up seventeen to nothing and then gave up twenty seven straight points. Um, now I will say Washington's defense looked really good, um, and I think caught up in all the the suckiness that is Washington uh, is that their defense is actually a pretty decent defense. Their defensive line is actually pretty good, um, and they showed it. They showed it this. They showed it this past week. Um, Carson Wentz, man, I think you and I, we briefly talked about this. 
Um, Carson Wentz, I don't think, has long with the Philadelphia Eagles if he doesn't figure it out. Um, they're paying him as a top-five quarterback to be a top-five quarterback, and he's he's not, man. He's just, he doesn't look like he is. Um, he He's not really taking over games the way that you would expect him to. And I know that they were missing a ton of receivers. Um, they were missing their top running back in Miles Sanders. But when you're paying somebody like how you're paying Carson Wentz, you're paying that person to kind of take over the game and to put the team on his back. So if Carson Wentz gets hurt or if he continues to struggle, man, um, look for Jalen Hurts to come over and take take over. And if Jalen Hurts takes that starting position, he's not going to give it back because he's that dang good. So um, I guess my my surprise my surprise from those three teams was was the Jacksonville Jaguars and how how good they looked. Because the Colts, like you said, man, I think we're both high on the Colts. We both expect them to to win eleven or ten games. Um, they've got a really good defense. Um, and Jacksonville put 27 points on them. So that was kind of my takeaways. What, what about you? What team, which one of those three teams shocked you? And what are your takeaways from the two other teams? So the Bears stunned me because I thought when you name Mitchell Trubisky your starter, that it's game over. And then they scored 21 points in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah. And somehow kept the Lions to none. But yeah. <laughs> I guess they're, they're my least surprising because at least the Bears have had some remnants of success two years ago. Um, yeah. And so then I, I come down to the Jaguars and the Washington football team. And I want to say the Jaguars because of all the – I mean, they've dumped a lot of their talent. They did almost – they've done almost what the Dolphins did last year, except for they didn't get blown out 59 to nothing in their first game. They actually won. Um okay. But I think I'm going to go with the Washington football team because I have been so down on this team and on Dwayne Haskins. Um, they were in h- halftime down 17-0, and then I read a clip somewhere that apparently because you know, uh, Ron Rivera uh, has cancer, and so he is getting yeah. treated. And so supposedly at halftime he was getting an IV done, so couldn't address the team. So Dwayne Haskins addressed the team, and I have been a Haskins non-believer um, and then they came out and scored 27 unanswered points to win the game. I don't think this is sustainable. Um, I feel like part of this, I think any highs they get this season is going to be built off of a few things. Um, first off, they're going to be playing for, it, uh, apparently, if they really like Ron Rivera, they're going to be playing for yeah. Coach Rivera. Uh, a lot of that emotion can really drive you, especially when there's no one in the stands to really hype you up. Um, sure. And secondly, I mean, they're a team with no name. They're like a laughing stock right now in terms of not having a name. Um, yeah. It's good. It's good that they are changing their name. But when they made themselves the Washington football team, everybody was like, who? Um, and so it's almost like they're trying to make their own name for themselves. Um, right. Their defense is very good. I think Chase Young came out and played very well. Um, yeah. And But the fact that they had the – the capability to put up 27 points is what surprised me because I didn't think their offense was good for anything. Um, so, uh, and, and an Eagles team that is just, what, two or three years removed from winning a Super Bowl um, yeah. with a lot of those same players is the thing. That's a good point. Um, I, I think this is a big shocker for me that Washington was able to do it. And I, I think if Carson Wentz can't really – 
get that offense going. Uh, they may try and test out a little Jalen Hurts time, um, see what see what's going on. But I would definitely say my biggest surprise was probably Washington, just because the Jaguars, I think, may could be sustainable. There was no reason for them to beat the Colts. There's no, like, motivating factor besides the fact that they're terrible and maybe they don't want to be terrible. Uh, maybe yeah. they got rid of the Cancers in their locker room and now they feel like they can actually play as a team. I don't know. But the Washington Redskins, I think a lot of theirs came from emotion um, yeah. and desire to play up for a certain reason. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if that wears off in like three weeks and then they go back to what we thought they would be. So I think they're they're my biggest sure. surprise. Um, yeah. It, any anything that that stick out to you this week that uh that you thought uh that was a a big takeaway or or, or big like question. Yeah, a couple of things, man. Um, one of the things were how good some of these older quarterbacks looked. Um, like there were, I've got four quarterbacks who look like their old selves. Um, Aaron Rodgers, Cam Newton, Ben Roethlisberger, and Phillip Rivers. Um, three of those four came away with a win. Uh, Phillip Rivers did not come away with a win. Again, he got beat by the Jacksonville Jaguars. But he had, uh, he went 36 of 46 for 363 yards. Um, now he had one touchdown and two interceptions. Um, but I don't know, man. The fact that they, that they had him throw the ball that much and that he put up that much yardage, um, he, he looked like his old self as far as being able to, to throw the ball still, um, down the field and put up that much yardage. Now, part of that was, um, Marlon Mack got hurt, and they were forced to kind of throw the ball. But, uh, man, Aaron Rodgers, I'm trying to find the game right now. Um, Aaron Rodgers came out and kind of showed a lot of people that, um, you know, if you're going to doubt me, I'm going to show you why you shouldn't doubt me. He had uh, 363, 364 yards, four touchdowns. Um, He looked like the old Aaron Rodgers. And if he finds a way – to um to sustain this and the Packers end up having a good record. Aaron Rodgers could be a, a sleeper pick for uh for MVP this year. Um Ben Roethlisberger coming off of injury. Um he didn't put up as many yards, but he looked pretty good um considering I think it was his elbow that got hurt last year. He looks pretty good. Um and then your MVP man Cam Newton with uh with two rushing touchdowns Leading the New England Patriots, man, Cam Newton looked good, dude. Um, he looked he looked like his old self. He was having fun. Um, he was cutting up. He, in, I love that Bill Belichick is allowing Cam Newton to be Cam Newton as far as his the way that he dresses and his bravado and his his the way that he talks and acts and just has fun. Um, I love that Cam, that Bill Belichick is allowing Cam Newton to be Cam Newton. Um, so those were kind of my takeaways on that front was just how good some of those older quarterbacks looked. Um, on the flip side of that was how badly Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers struggled, man. Um, I think a lot of people were high on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know that we kind of were, um, in the off season. And I know that, you know, it doesn't get figured out all in one game and the New Orleans Saints are probably going to be the best team, if not one of the best teams in the NFC. Um, 
But at times, man, Brady and the and the Buccaneers, they just they look like they didn't know what they were doing. Um, him and Mike Evans could not get on the same page to save their lives. Um, he didn't really look to to connect too much with with Chris Godwin. Uh, he fed Scotty Miller a lot. Um, they didn't. They utilized uh, Gronkowski a ton as a blocker and not really at all as a receiver. Um, so I don't know, man. I'm I'm kind of interested to see what they look like this upcoming week because um, they they did look good at all this past week. So um, those were kind of some some other takeaways that I had. Do you do you have anything to to add or to say on this point? Well, I I, I agree. There, I, I was very disappointed to see how well Ben Roethlisberger came back. Um, yeah. I was really when we talked about the AFC North. I was really of the mindset that I don't think Roethlisberger, <laughs> especially coming off a shoulder injury, um, and how he was looking when he came back, like he hadn't exercised in years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I really thought he was going to be bad, and I was very disappointed to see that he was actually good and back. That makes the AFC North a much harder path. Uh, I was also interested to see that Aaron Rodgers took that um, that memo that they drafted his replacement, and he said, not today, Satan. And, man, he got out there, and he went off against the Vikings. I have the Vikings uh, defense as one of my backups in our league, as my backup defense, um, in case my other defense didn't perform. And the Vikings defense got negative nine points. Uh, I mean, he torched them, absolutely torched them. Um, and then same with me with um, with Cam. I'm glad to see Cam back. Um uh, Cam looked pretty good. Uh, he, he, he did great with it. He had his run game going. Um, his passing, uh, was not as electric as I thought it would be, but of course neither was, uh, Tom Brady's last year there because they don't really have many yeah. offensive weapons. Um, but yeah. once again, you know, Cam's been gone for like a year and a half. Um, so being yeah. able to get him reacclimated. Um, and then Philip Rivers, I'm not going to address him right now because he disappointed me that he didn't win because I said he was going to go 11 and 5 this year. But I'm going to go to Tom Brady. So, <laughs> so I did think Tom Brady struggled a lot. I, I think a lot of us wrote them off almost like the Browns last year as, uh, this is the team to beat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I don't know how much of it was this shortened off the COVID offseason and how much is, of it is that Tom Brady is legitimately declining. Um, yeah. I saw some analysts pointing out that it, it's, it's weird that we're all sitting here talking about how Tom Brady looks like he's struggling, and they said well, he looks exactly like he looked last year, and he has better yeah. weapons. Um, yeah. He doesn't have a better offensive line, but he has better weapons, and he looks to be struggling as much as he did last year. So I am interested to see how Tom Brady's season goes. I know he signed yeah. a two-year deal. Um, yeah. But to see if after this year, if he says, nah, man, that's it, or if he gives it one more struggling year. I I couldn't imagine Tom Brady wanting to go out on such a decline, but if he does poorly this year and then does even worse next year, um, I mean, I would rather go out on this year's decline than the even worse decline. Um, But I I am interested to see how they start to get together. Uh, I was surprised to see Ronald Jones the second – get a majority of the carries for Tampa Bay after signing Fournette. Yeah. I, I yeah. imagine once Fournette learns the offense a little more, 
uh, and gets the ball in his hands more, if he can revive his career as well, hopefully, because he hadn't really had a good season for like three years, uh, hopefully if he revives his career, then that gives a run game threat, then maybe that'll help Brady open up the pass. Um, he's not used to having a run game. I don't believe in his time in Tampa Bay, uh, in his later years, they ever really had much of a run game. Um, they had running backs that could catch the ball, but I wouldn't say they had a true run game. Um, that hopefully that will help him um, in his senior citizen age uh, be able to <laughs> spread the ball around um, a little better uh, and be able to uh, look a little better um, than he did against the Saints. Which once again, granted, the Saints are one of the best teams in the league. So yeah. just like the Browns scenario, you know, you're playing one of the best, but then again, you're Tom Brady, and your the expectation for you is much higher than uh, than that of other quarterbacks. Uh, right. So I'll be interested to watch that as well. Yeah, All right. and you know the That's other right. thing is Tom Brady's 43 years old, man, and so I'm I'm with you. I'm interested to see you know if they struggle this year, um, if he just calls it quits because you know like. Um, I think people like, you know, Kobe Bryant and, and Michael Jordan and even LeBron James, like, these were players who, or are players who, they didn't want to go out if, uh, they didn't want to go out declining. Like, if they were going to go yeah. out, they were going to go out on their own free will. Um, and we saw, you know, we saw with Kobe, Kobe obviously didn't look like himself in his final season. Uh, you know, Michael retired at the top of his game, but then came back and and played. Um, you know, for the for the Wizards for a couple of years. LeBron's 35, and he still looks he still looks really good. Um, but you would think, to your point, man, that Tom Brady would be that person that um, he's going to try and go out on top. And if so, I'm with you, man. This this needs to be the year, unless you know. If, if he if he continues to struggle, this needs to be the year that that Tom Brady kind of calls it calls a quit. So, which is kind of crazy to think about. You know, he's uh whether you like him or not, he's defined the NFL for the past twenty years, and uh, you know, to think that this could be it for him is kind of kind of kind of surprising. So, yeah, it's a it's a big slap to the uh, not a slap to the face, I guess, but it's it's, it's a um, it's eye opening. Yeah, to yeah. think about that. Yeah. All right, here we go. Let's talk about our early season. We'll do these a little quicker. I just realized we're about an hour in now. Um, we're oh. going to talk about our MVP pred- predictions, offensive and defensive um, rookies of the year, and our early, 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 early coach of the year picks. Let's start. What do you want to start with? You want to start with the rookies first? Yeah, let's start rookies and we'll work our way up to MVP, which everybody knows are MVPs, but we'll we'll land with MVPs anyways. <laughs> well, they probably already know if we're going off of week one, um, other stuff, everybody else may be on board. Our offensive rookie of the year, who you got? Um, I picked Clyde Edwards-Elair. Mm. Yep. Is that who you went with? <laughs> that is exactly who I went with. Sounds but why him? Right, yeah. Go, go ahead get, go ahead and give the quick breakdown uh, as to why both of us chose him. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's uh, 25 carries, 138 yards, one touchdown. Um, he looks really good, man. Um, and he's playing on a, on a high-scoring, 
um, high offense, high octane offense. Um, you know that that Kansas City finally has a good running back again. Um, he didn't he didn't have his he he didn't have any receptions. He only had two targets in the passing game. But you know that he can you know that he can receive the ball. So um, the main reason I think that he's going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year is just because of the volume that he's going to see um, in the team that he plays with. You know. Joe Burrow, uh, some of these wide receivers. Um, Joe Burrow plays on a terrible team, and these these receivers, it's up to the quarterback to get them the ball. But uh, Clyde Edwards-Elair kind of gets to dictate, um, you know, how good he is. So he just he looked good, man. Those were but that those are my thoughts on him, man. What about you? Yeah, no, you you get 138 yards in your very first game as a rookie. Um, and that's without the potential receptions coming your way. Um, mm-hmm. Wait till they start checking on the ball um, and he starts catching the ball as well. I think this – I was not as high on this guy as everyone else was when they took him. Um, right. In fact, even in fantasy of me being like, oh, that seems like a stretch to take him early. No, nah, he is – he will be the offensive rookie of the year. I don't believe it will be anybody else um, unless – the Bengals end up winning, like, I mean, six or seven games, and it's all because of Joe Burrow. I don't think there's a shot that anyone else wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, defensive Rookie of the Year. I'll take this one first. I think based on week one, uh, the one guy that I heard the most about and who made the most of his first start um, is I am going to go with Chase Young. Um, How do we do it? <laughs> Granted, I mean it's you ha- when you have a sack and a half in your very first game, you have four tackles, two solos. Um, it's very easy, I think. I, I say this as I watch it from the TV. <laughs> but when you have when you have that defensive front that Washington has, and you have to account for so many pass rushers, I feel like it's yeah. easier to slip through. Um, I do think he's a freak of nature, almost like Miles Garrett is. Um, but, um, based on him being able to tally a sack and a half in his very first game, uh, against what is supposed to be a really good offensive line with the Eagles, um, sure. I think it's a no-brainer. I think Chase Young, at least as of right now, we'll, we'll probably update these, let's say, about the mid-year point and then at the end of the yeah. year point, um, and yeah. see how much these change, but I think, I think Chase Young right now, uh, if he keeps this up, is on track to easily be the defensive rookie of the year. Uh, obviously, when you said, how do we do it, you must have also chose Chase Young. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, man, I agree with you. Um, you know, obviously, when you're t- when you're taking that high, um, people expect you to be good. Um, but like you said, you bring up a really good point. Um, that, that Washington defensive line is really good. And there's so many, uh, quote unquote weapons. Ryan Kerrigan is a very underrated defensive end. Um, but he's proven over the past few years that he's one of the better defensive ends in the league. Uh, you got Montez Sweat, who they took last year. You got Jonathan Allen, um, and Deron Payne at, at defensive tackle. Um, so there's so many people that you have to worry about that it just kind of allows somebody like Chase Young to, to go off. Um, Chase Young, you know, we were both very high on coming into the draft. Um, I've heard some people say that he's one of the best prospects in the past decade. 
Um, so yeah, everything just kind of lined lined up for Chase Young on Sunday, um, and I, I I'm not going to be surprised if and when he wins Defensive Rookie of the Year. Um, he just he went to he went to a good position for d- defensively. Um, so yeah. All right, Coach of the Year. Coach of the Year, I am rolling with my boy Pete Carroll. Okay. Um, yeah, part of that is because of who I picked to be my MVP. Um, but I don't know, man. It just kind of seems like it. Pete Carroll's due to win Coach of the Year. I think that the Seahawks are going to be really good. Um, I think that we saw with his play calling that Pete Carroll, um, he still has it. Now, granted, he was playing a terrible Falcons defense. Um, but still, you know, I think for the longest time, Pete Carroll has kind of gotten the knock for for trying to force the run um, and not letting Russ cook. And on Sunday, he let Russ cook and good things happen. And so I think he's going to do that throughout the season. And in turn, Russell Wilson is going to win um, Pete Carroll a coach of the year, which I think Pete Carroll won it maybe a few years back when they won the Super Bowl. But um, – I just think everything's kind of lined enough for Pete Carroll to to have to be coach of the year. It's usually given to the the team with the best record. I think the Seahawks are going to have one of the top records. Um, and Pete Carroll has shown, even though he's been in the league for a while, and even though he's kind of up there in years, that he can still um, roll with the times and make the changes that he needs to make um, in order to be to be successful. So that's my thoughts, man. Who's your Who's your coach of the year? Man, you're sleeping on. Cliff Kingsbury, baby. Cliff Kingsbury, yeah. kid wonder. I, I have decided this off of early predictions. Once again, I'm going to wow. keep saying this, so therefore I can remind myself of the midpoint of the enemy to reevaluate this. But I went in on the 49ers with our last podcast. The Cardinals had the 49ers in San Francisco. Not only did they hold um, Shanahan's offense to 20 points, um, but Cliff Kingsbury got Kyler Murray, um, DeAndre Hopkins, and Kenyon Drake all working. Um, yeah. Murray put up 230 for a touchdown, then rushed for 91 for a touchdown. Kenyon got 60 <laughs> in a touchdown. Hopkins got 14 catches um, on 16 targets, only two misses, yeah. uh, 151 yeah. yards, no touchdowns, but – he, between being able to get that run game and that pass game going, uh, unless Murray goes, goes down and gets hurt based on all the rushes, uh, this offense is working in Arizona off of week one, off of the San Francisco team that I said would only win six games. And I, after this week, am standing by that statement. But I think Cliff Kingsbury, um, I think they sneak potentially a play, potentially a playoff spot. Uh, they're nowhere near going to be uh, a top team in the league. They're not going to go far in the playoffs, but based on what Cliff Kingsbury has made of this team, he will win coach of the year this year, in my opinion. No, that's not in my opinion. Not. That's fact. You will win that. That's not, like, let me get my opinion out of here. Fact. Cliff Kingsbury, coach of the year. Well, that's that's surprising, and I, I hope you realize that we are live on this podcast. And, um <laughs> oh, I know. Just like, how, just like how Cam is going to win the MVP, um, people, people Cliff Kingsbury is going to win Coach of the Year. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I tried to warn you, but, you know, it's, it's – right. I mean, it's, 
Now, it's hard to argue with, man. They beat the they beat the the team that was uh, that represented the NFC in the Super Bowl last year. Um, they looked good beating them. Like you said, with a short time, um, he got Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Kenyon Drake all firing on, on all cylinders. Um, I'm just not a big Cliff Kingsbury fan, which I don't think that you are either, even though you are picking him as coach of the year. Nope. Um, <laughs> but yeah, nah, yeah. It's hard to argue. I am not a Kingsbury but... fan at all. I did not think he would be successful in the league at all, but I am riding with it tonight. I am riding with uh, Kingsbury all the way to that Coach of the Year award. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And then uh, our early season, not our bold predictions, but our early season MVP. um, I'll go first since you went first in the last one. I have a feeling it's going to be the same. Uh, After watching it with my own two – it may not be the same. After watching it with my own – two eyes on Sunday. Um, I do not think we have a back-to-back MVP with Pat Mahomes. I think Lamar continues to keep the level of play he had last year and that he somehow wins at least a game in the playoffs and that Lamar Jackson will be this year's NFL MVP. Uh, He's passing better than I've ever seen him pass before. Um, I mean, like, amazing passes. Um, and, uh, and on, t- and he, he ran less. Uh, he's really looking down the field. They're clicking on all cylinders. Uh, even without their rush game being at its peak against the Browns, he still, uh, picked apart the DBs. And I think Lamar Jackson will be this year's NFL MVP. Who do you think? Yeah, man, my early season is the same person that I said as my bold prediction last week, man. I'm still, I'm still rolling with Russell Wilson. He was 31 to 35, 322 yards, four touchdowns, um, three carries for 29 yards. Um, I too watched it with my own two eyes and, uh, he just, <laughs> he just looked good, man. I mean, he just, he looked, he, he looked like he might be the best quarterback in, in the, in the league. Um, he's just, he's just, I, I don't, there, there's really, <laughs> There's really no words for Russell Wilson, man. Um, now I do think, I think Lamar Jackson is a really good pick. Um, and had Russell Wilson not done what he did, um, I think Lamar Jackson would be a really good early season pick as well. The thing, we don't know which one of these defenses is worse, whether the Falcons or the Browns are. I think the Falcons are probably worse considering <laughs> you guys had injuries, um, as an excuse to not look good on defense. Um, but Russell Wilson, man, again, 31 to 35, 322 yards and four touchdowns. Um, he's my, he's my early season MVP again. Um, well, and I think this year, that's not a bad pick either. Um, I think this year may be one of the toughest years of choosing an MVP. Yeah. Um, yeah. in, I mean, probably decades because Prior, you just had to choose between uh, Tom or Peyton, who, who was the best player. But now, right. Russell's playing at a high level. Lamar's playing at a high level. Pat Mahomes is still playing at a high level. If Aaron yeah. Rodgers keeps it up, I mean, you may have a plethora of people to choose from. Um, yeah, and, so I think that's going to be a tough one to win this year. Yeah, and that's not even talking about some of these running backs. Like, you know, Christian McCaffrey is going to see a ton yep. of um, – yep. 
a ton of looks. Um, I think somebody like even uh, like Derrick Henry or even maybe a, a Zeke Elliott or Dak Prescott, I think, could, could be a, a, a super deep dark horse for MVP, um, you know, depending on, on how, how they end up looking. So, um, yeah, I agree with you, man. I think, you know, I, I said jokingly in the offseason that for the next 15 years, as long as Patrick Mahomes is playing, he's my MVP. Um but you're right, man. This this year it's not going to be as easy as just saying Patrick Mahomes takes it and, and there's no competition. Um, now, while Patrick Mahomes is probably going to take it to another level and, you know, the rest of it, we're, we're all, all going to be sitting here, you know, looking dumb. But after week one especially, man, you've got Wilson, Jackson, Rodgers, McCaffrey, um, a lot of these dudes that are just looking – looking good so do you have a do you have a dark horse mvp candidate after week one cam newton yeah <laughs> he's not he's not cam looks good man yeah, he, he's my dark dark one he's my bold prediction one and he and he lived up to it uh this week if he can keep that um if he can keep that level and improve it I think there's a good chance, and, and depending upon what the Patriots do uh, throughout the year, uh, I think he could. De- I think he'll definitely win Comeback Player of the Year. Uh, but maybe yeah. if he can elevate it to MVP status. But we, get, I mean, we have some really uh, big resume boosters <laughs> this week in the form of uh, of Lamar, Russ, um, Aaron Rodgers. But maybe he can rise to the occasion and and make my prediction come true yeah well even uh even Kyler Murray man like you called out yeah. that a few moments again Kyler Murray looked if he keeps it up he could make a push for, for yeah I thought he would take a I thought he would take a happy decline and that was yeah. um so far it's once again it's only one game in but so far man Kyler Murray Kyler Murray looks like the real deal and then our last piece that we'll talk about tonight what coach is getting fired who, after week one, because this is inspired by true Browns fashion, because we like to go ahead and say fire everyone after week one, uh, what head coach is not going to be back with their team next year, or what head coach is not going to make it through the season? We're talking about the one that we're looking at right now, and, and we are guaranteed, nope, they are going to be gone. Um, Don, as long as you give us your pick first. Who's gone? Yeah, I've got I've – got- I'm trying to look. I've got two main ones, man. Um, the, I don't know if they'll shock you or not. Dan Quinn is the first one, um, and then Adam Gase is the second one. Adam Gase, I don't think, should really surprise anybody, but um, Dan Quinn may or may not surprise people. Look, Dan Quinn, he's got to figure it out, man. Um, you're the you're the head coach. You're the the director of the ship or whatever that person's called, um, you know, you, you fired both offensive court or both your coordinators last off season and said that you were going to call the defensive plays. It backfired on you. Um, this year you still decided to keep Dirk Cutter, um, who is, he's just not, he, he has one thing and that's passing the ball and he, he sticks to it. Um, you know, I know that it's been a, it's been a tough COVID off season, but everybody's had to deal with COVID. 
Um, the Falcons came out. They didn't look good. They looked flat. They looked like they didn't really know what to do at times. Um, so I just I, I I don't remember if you said this or Jimmy or if I've heard I've heard it from somebody else, but I would really not be surprised if Dan Quinn gets fired midseason. Um, that was me. So yeah, and then. Adam Gates. I'm not going to talk about Adam Gates because he's a clown, and I really don't care about Adam <laughs> Gates on this on this podcast. So, what's your uh, yeah? Who, what coach do you think coaches do you have? I stand by the Gates getting fired midseason. Um, I said that. Remember, Jimmy had had the Falcons winning uh, yeah. <laughs> winning the division and didn't have that as his bold prediction. Um, yeah. Jimmy, we're looking <laughs> I at you. Remember that. Um, <laughs> so I do think he's gone. But the one that I came to the table with, and I'm not going to address him much. I'm just going to say his name and say he he definitely is not returning. Is Adam Gase? He's he's yeah. You know, I'm not even going to explain it. Adam Gase will be fired. <laughs> the Jets will be looking for a new head coach next year. Someone has to save Sam Darnold's career um, because at this rate, it's it's going away. Le'Veon Bell is hurt. Um, so now you don't even have, like you have Frank Gore, who's probably good to start you two games. Um, he's like 55 years old, still in the league. Um, Adam Gates, Adam Gates is out of here. <laughs> the Jets will be looking, and then we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to leave the people with? Well, just real quick, man, I'll tell you on the opposite side of that, somebody who a lot of people were talking about being on the hot seat, who for at least week one saved themselves is uh, Doug Marone in Jacksonville, yep. man. I know Doug, yep. Doug Marone's been talked about, which I thought coming into the season that he was going to be an easy one that was kind of uh, going to be let go at the end of the of the year. Um, he had Jacksonville looking good, man. He had he had Gardner Minshew playing good and, and, and had that defense defense playing well. So Doug Marone, man, at least for week one, bought himself uh, – might have bought himself an extra year after week one. Well, see, I, I feel like it'd be hard to fire him if he got, like, five or six wins. If he comes away with five or six wins, yeah. then uh, I think he's done a pretty pretty good job because the front office got rid of all of their players. Like, anyone who yeah. was worth anything, they got rid of. But then I bet the front office looks at that and says, well, now you've ruined our chances to get one of these top quarterbacks. We're going to fire you out of spite. Um, <laughs> But uh, I think he's in a lose-lose scenario. I don't think there's a way that he keeps his job. Um, uh, but if in a perfect world where the wins actually get him to keep his job, I do think Doug Marone um, holds on for another week. Yeah. They came out and they, they outperformed themselves. I didn't think they would do that. That's true. <laughs> That's true, man. <laughs> Alright, that is our week one wrap up. Everybody tune in to the Browns Bengals game this Thursday. We'll be back next week discussing that game, discussing our Falcons and any big storylines that we noticed throughout the week. Please feel free to hit us up on Facebook at Once Upon East 112 or me on Twitter, uh, at Coach Aver. Still, I need to change that, uh, that, that handle or you can hit us up on Facebook or Instagram at our names. Um, if there's anything you'd like to talk about, let us know. But outside of that, we are